1: Now, um, let's welcome back. We pivot. We welcome back Coach Matt Doherty, longtime Tar Heel, former head coach, national champ as a player, former coach of the year. He's back with us here in studio for a Monday visit here during the college hoop season. What's going on, Coach? How are hey, you? man,
0: it's good to be back. Yeah, terrible news uh, out of Kansas City. You know, uh, wow, uh, so sad, uh, especially after you have this high high and then you deal with that. Uh, it, it's, it's prob- you know, obviously problematic and sad.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's an awful story. It's uh, it's an awful story. Now, Steve Wilkes, let, let me go there real quick because we yeah. have no updated information in, in Kansas City, but you asked me about this when you walked in. Uh, K- Steve Wilkes fired after a year in Kansas City. What a year for him, by the way. Well,
0: it, it, like I, the question I ask, if, like, if San Francisco doesn't get their extra point blocked, is he still the coach? Like, if the game doesn't go into overtime, is he still the coach? Is it because of the overtime? Uh, or is it more than that? Um, you know, it sure looks from the outside looking in that he's a scapegoat for the loss because they kept talking about, you know, coin flip, should they have, you know, deferred um, or should they have taken a ball first like they did and they gave it to Mahomes. Now, Mahomes has four, basically you you have four downs. It's a totally different deal than three and out. It's like you have three downs, now you have four downs. It's a totally different deal on the defense and on the offense because you can you can kind of throw away uh, you know a, a play and still have three more right and so puts tremendous pressure on Wilkes and the defense and Mahomes who's let's say the best player on the planet in football had the ball and a chance to win and he did and so you know this I, there's, there's got to be something more to this deal than then Steve Wilks not doing a good job this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean look, fit matters, you know. If you got a guy on the on the staff who might be a pretty good coach but you can't get along with him, you don't see eye to eye philosophically, I mean that's probably not a tenable situation but I, I don't know. It's just wow. For a guy who, you know, we thought did enough to earn this job last year to not get it, end up in San Francisco. Everybody's cheering him saying, Good for Steve, man. Go stick it to Tep and the Panthers and get yourself a Super Bowl ring. They get to the Super Bowl. They lose because Patrick Mahomes makes a play to win the game, something he literally always does in his career. He is seven for seven in those situations now. And now he's out of a job again. Like what does this do to his coaching career, Coach? I mean, where does Steve Wilkes even go from here?
0: Well, who knows? I mean, you really, as if you're an owner or a head coach, if you're a head coach in the league, you know what's going on. You know, secrets don't 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 stay secrets. So you know what the reputation is. You know if it was Shanahan, Wilkes, or a combination of both, and then you know, I mean, his reputation as a leader, you just witnessed it last season here in, or you know, two seasons ago here in Carolina um the players played hard for him players liked him um i you know he's a likable guy i i went to his fundraising dinner i met him and that doesn't mean anything it was a short exchange but you you look around he's a good man and so it's weird the way this went down um and and on top of that all I heard during the game was praise for Tony Romo, and you see Christian McCaffrey tearing it up, and you're thinking, we had both those guys in Charlotte. And so for this to happen is really uh, scratching
1: my head over it. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to leave that there for now because a lot of folks want to know what you think about what happened to Carolina last night. So let's go there. Um, they lost at Syracuse, which historically speaking, like I and many other people are conditioned to see that and say, oh, well, there's no – shame and losing to Syracuse on the road right I mean right. Syracuse for goodness sake I would also point out as was pointed out to me earlier today the top 10 teams are 33 and 34 on the road this year yeah in college basketball so it's just kind of the, the the state of college basketball but this is still Carolina there's still a standard there's you know not supposed to be excuses made when you're number seven and they're unranked right what happened last night
0: well I just I think that they there's compression and I've said this every year there's more compression than ever in college basketball. So you can be ranked number three in a country or seven in a country or whatever Carolina was going into the games, number seven, and you play a non-ranked team. That doesn't mean as much as it did 20, 30, 40 years ago because the gap is not that big. There's compression in college basketball. So let's say this. You have R.J. Davis. It's their, he's the best player on their team. He's one of the best players in the country, but he's not like an NBA all-star, you know. So let's go back to when I played there. You know, Michael Jordan, James Worthy, Sam Perkins, Kenny Smith, Brad Darty, Al Wood. Like those guys were that much better than the other players when you're going number seven against an unranked team. So you can't go in and just play so-so. So I think what really gets you is the defense, 62.5%, 47% from the three for Syracuse. That's not good enough. That's not acceptable. And so you you you, you can't give up. Defense travels, you know, when you play in a carrier dome, you're worried about your shooting because it's just a weird place. It's such a big place that the backgrounds are so different than what you used to. It's the defense that you should be able to count on. And they have played really good defense until late. They're getting dribbled, penetrated, and when you go against big guards, they're shooting over our smaller guards like Cadeau and R.J. Davis. So you get into the lane, you can shoot over them. And and we don't have shot blocking. Baycott is not a great shot blocker. He had one block. We had one block as a team. That's not good enough, you know, and so – again the margin of error we look like we could beat anybody when we play duke at home but we're two and two and three in the last five
1: games well and, and to a point you made there a second ago you know syracuse it, it felt like that barrage of threes last night from syracuse as a team you know maybe was what beat carolina but then you look at the two-point shots um syracuse was 22 of 31 from two-point range like to your point inside the three-point line they got what they wanted they were shooting over carolina's guards and Carolina just never figured out how to consistently guard in that way. And and you mentioned Baycott there a second ago. That was his fourth straight double-double, 14 and 10. But he only took four shots in the second half. Like, yeah. th- this was a two-point game with three minutes left to go. I mean, it, maybe it's me. And, and I, you're a coach. You see things differently probably the correct way. But, you know, with four, three, four minutes left to go in a two-point game, how are you not telling Baycott, hey, you've got to go get yours right
0: here? Yeah, it's hard. He's not, uh, you know, an elite athlete. You know, he gets the ball and there's no guarantee he's gonna finish. Uh he was five of nine, you know, and most of those shots are within four feet of the basket. So he's not like Brad Darty, not like Sam Perkins, that he gets the ball five feet, you know, from the basket and they're gonna shoot seventy percent. Uh he 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 was stymied by the zone and I think by some of the length that Syracuse had, even though they weren't maybe physically as big, they're still long and fairly athletic and, and he struggles to finish over size. That zone, Red Autry uh, really started out the season playing mostly man-to-man and he threw that zone out there and it it, it kind of bothered Carolina, even though they got Cadeau in there and Cadeau got in the middle and had seven assists but it broke up the rhythm and it's not as easy to get the ball inside to a big guy like Baycott against the zone as it is against a man to man.
1: I'm with you. Now, I know you got to get down the hallway to see our buddy uh, Brett Winterville, so I don't want to keep you too long. But uh, real quick, texters want to know, hey, Coach Daugherty, how about them Hornets? What do you think about the Hornets post-trade deadline? Well,
0: 2-0. For, yeah, I, I talked to a friend of mine who's uh, an owner. I mean, uh, 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 a season ticket holder, Matt Matone, good friend. And uh And I got to give credit to Mitch. You know, Mitch Kupchak, I text Mitch the other night, and I said, you know, hey, listen, you know, and he says, nothing lasts forever. You know, he says, this has been planned since the summer. And Mitch set up this team for success and the next president, the next GM for success by making these trades. He's freed up salary, and he brought in energy players. And this is what my friend Matt Maytone said, is that when he watches the team, they play with a great sense of urgency, better energy, they're playing for each other. And when you have a guy like Grant Williams, who I never thought was going to be a a good pro, you know, the guy wasn't a great height, you know, he wasn't a national recruit. He's kind of wasn't a great shooter in college. But you have that type of character on the team. That's important. Because the most important thing in any organization, I say this all the time, the organizational triangle, you have talent, systems, and culture. The better systems, the better culture, the better your talent will perform. But the most important thing, culture is king. And when you have a good culture and guys bring energy every day and they play for each other, you can win a lot of games without elite talent
1: that's it right there what you just said right there i mean it's so important though and people are going to hear this steve clifford's coming up in an hour and 15 minutes hornets head coach steve clifford on the show an hour and five minutes from now um full disclosure cliff and i sat down and did this whole conversation right before the show sometimes we have to do that but you will hear it at five o'clock it's a man who sounds like he's got a new lease on life because he's got a a, a grown-up locker room now is what it feels like. I mean, he wouldn't come out and out and out say it, but, you know, to your point about culture, you got pros in that locker room now. Seth Curry, Grant Williams, Davies Bertans, you know, guys who have done it. You know, they've been a part of tight, successful locker rooms, you know, many of them, and it's showing already. So, uh, Coach, I appreciate you.
0: And and don't don't discount that Curry and Williams being in their hometown. They got pride. They don't want to be
1: embarrassed. No, it matters. You're 100% right. Thank you, Coach. Good to see you.